Warning, the polysyllabic profanity in this episode has monosyllabic profanity wedged into it. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Blue Apron, Stamps.com, and by Monson's Mortuary. It's about fucking time. Hell yeah. And now, The Scathing Atheist. Hello, this is John Emler from the Point of Beginning, East Liverpool, Ohio. And I'll be a monkey's uncle. We did evolve from filthy monkey men. Too bad it wasn't flying filthy monkey men. That would have been cool. It's January 11th. And all things are passable through Christ. <laughs> He's got good digestion. I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. From New York, New York. Secret Lair, Pennsylvania. This is the Skating Atheist. On this week's episode, we try to scare you out of gay sex. We learn that Roy Moore's not anti-Semitic because he knows a self-hating former Jew. And apparently we just found out that me and Heath aren't anti-Semitic either. First... The diatribe. For thousands of years, men had searched for a magical potion to make their dick hard. And for just as many years, somebody was willing to sell them one. There were whole tomes of ancient wisdom cataloging the various remedies for the intractable problem of the perpetually deflated penis. People traveled around the globe after hearing rumors of miracles and after millions of rhino horns were ground up and bull testicles were consumed, not a single cock moved a single degree. And then in 1996, some researchers with Pfizer were like, yeah, it doesn't look like that blood pressure medicine is working. We're going to need them samples back. And the entire male population of the human trials suddenly forgot where they put them or something, they guessed. And in a lucky stroke, or many lucky strokes, I should say, Viagra was born. I mean, think about that. On, on March 26th of 1998, guys whose dicks didn't work were climbing up mountain stairs in Asia, mega dosing on oysters, aligning their chakras with hot yoga, all in the wild hope that some ancient ritual out there was going to wake up their dick. On March 27th of the same year, the FDA approved sildenafil and nonagenarians were fucking like rock stars because science. But, but imagine, though, imagine a world where it hadn't been science, Right. Uh, imagine if the solution actually did come from chanting "Om" with your legs crossed while you contemplated the sound of one hand clapping. Imagine that some guru out there actually hit on the spiritual equivalent of Viagra. You know, something that, that worked just as well, just as easily, had the same side effects. Or, or, or fuck it, swap that out for, for the Western religious tradition. Imagine somebody discovered, like, the one prayer that always made your dick work, but only if you were, like, saved by Mormon Jesus. I feel like we'd all be Mormons the next day, wouldn't we? or Hindus, or Muslims, or whatever it took to make our dicks work. And, and, and not just those of us with dicks that didn't work, just or, or even just those of us with dicks. We'd all be convinced because it was the one religion that had ever actually done a thing. I mean, you know, apologies to the women in the audience for being so dick-centric with my intro. I, I talk about dicks because dicks are funny, but I could have plucked any one of a million examples, any one of a million promises that religions made and sciences fulfilled. And if any of the religions had lived up to any one of these, we'd have all happily rallied to their banners. 
If one single religion ever had the results of like the cochlear implant, we'd all be tithing to those motherfuckers. And yet here we all are comfortably not tithing to any damn body. I've just been overwhelmed by this thought lately, but a bunch of stuff online that I follow rang in the new year with lists of all the coolest shit that science achieved last year and or all the cool shit that science is going to achieve this year. And if you just look at those lists and imagine somebody reading it at any point in human history before the scientific revolution. Right. I mean, you know, most of the shit would be stuff they couldn't possibly understand. But if you could somehow go back to the like pre-science days and explain even a sampling of the miraculous achievements science would make in any given year, just pick one at random. The people there would burn you at the stake because Jesus. But but if you could somehow fireproof yourself against their ignorance beforehand and you could present them with even the lightest taste of what science had to store for them, if they just put down their fucking dogma, every single person would throw away their saints before you finish the sentence. Look, the advancement of science is gradual. It's exponential, so it doesn't really seem all that gradual at this point. But the advance of science still is gradual, which is why you're inclined to hear me say every single person and scoff at it. Aren't you? You're inclined to think, well, obviously not everybody would throw away their religion because you still have ye oldie Pat Robertson and his merry band of analogous fuck Muppets because it, it's really hard for us to put ourselves in the position of the pre-scientific people that we'd be talking to. Look, I mean... It's not like you'd be promised some faster download speeds and unlimited talk and text. We'd be offering them your child doesn't die a rickets. We'd be offering a machine that does all the shit that hobbles them by the time they're 26. We'd be offering them food abundance is so great that they have to try hard not to be fat. We'd be offering them an extra 30 years of existence at twice the rate of children that survive past childbirth. But of course, we don't really need this mental experiment, do we? Because... That actually happened in history, right? At some point along the way, we were offered the choice and we did choose science. Yeah, we kept religion hanging on as it desperately tries to morph and contract enough to fit into the diminishing gap science leaves for it. But we stopped choosing prayer over medicine a long time ago. And that's because results convince every fucking body. Religious people like to sell a world where people choose between competing realities, but that's an illusion that nobody living in the real reality needs to entertain. If, if one of the religions had prayers that worked, we'd all be that religion and we wouldn't even have terms for other religions. If one of them succeeded in bringing us solace or, or making us better people or making us fear death less even, we would all use the same fucking religion. But alas, none of them work. None of them do anything they promise, even as their promises get ever less grandiose. Gone are the days when religion would promise to cure the blind and the lame and offer us deep insight into the nature of the heavens. They've replaced those promises with shit that's ever less impressive and ever more vague while all the important shit gives way to the casually miraculous world of science. You know, science gave us all the shit religion promises us, and science never asked for fealty. Hell, science will let you use orbiting satellites to tell people the Earth is flat. All science ever asked for in return is that we live longer, enjoy a larger percent of our lives, and not burn them at the stake. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the Larry and Curly to my mo, at least in terms of hair amount, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to slap some stick? Okay, let me let me just finish this cookie before we play again. Cool. I still think it's weird that you play alone. Can I give you that oh, feedback? <laughs> be such a good got milk commercial right now. Quick, before we <laughs> fill in any of the blanks for people innocent enough not to get that one, we're going to pause for a quick word from this week's sponsor, Blue Apron. 
Eli, we're going to miss the movie. Yeah, dude, what is taking so long? Hey. Hey. Sorry about that, guys. Just, just getting ready. Hey. Dude, what are you wearing? We do not have time for this. We're going to miss Pitch Perfect 3. Oh, these? These are my body weights. They're, they're my New Year's resolution. I figure a great way to lose weight in the new year would be to just, you know, wear extra 20 pounds or so of dumbbells on my body. I'll be fit in no time. I don't okay, think that that's a, a reasonable way. No, to, whatever, it's fine. Let's go. Come on, PB3, PB3. Heath, Eli, PB3. I, I, I don't think that that's a reasonable expectation for trying to be healthier in the new year. I mean, what else am I going to do, Noah? Uh, wear other than strap dumbbells. I, I, for starters, why not try Blue Apron? Blue Apron? Yeah. Yeah, for the next eight weeks, Blue Apron is teaming with Whole30 to bring you delicious recipes. Their menu will feature two Whole30-approved recipes each week, like Mexican spiced barramundi with avocado, togarashi chicken lettuce cups with avocado, and kale and sweet potato salad. Well, that all sounds like really delicious and good for you. <sighs> yeah, right? So I guess there's never been a better time to give it a try. Okay, but no, these, these weights were pretty expensive. I don't want to... Well, that's okay. Blue Apron is treating the Scathing Atheist listeners to $30 off their first order if you visit blueapron.com slash scathing. So you're telling me I could check out this week's menu and get $30 off with free shipping at blueapron.com slash scathing? You sure can. Okay. <sighs> I'm convinced. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. If you guys make me late for PB3, I will stab you in the heart. Let's go. Heath, the movie isn't for three Hours. I want good seats. <laughs> <laughs> and now back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, CEO of Mormon Co. Thomas S. Munson, in the first act of true altruism of his life, gave me a 10 spot in my celebrity death pool last week by keeling over at the ripe old age of 90. Monson served as the president of the LDS Church for just under a decade, beginning in February of 2008, because he was 80 and they literally just give that job to the oldest fucker in the room. <laughs> That's the yeah. Mm. And, well, that makes sense. since like ability to not call bullshit for a really long time is the sole requirement of the job. In his tenure, of course, Monson presided over the largest exodus of church members in Mormon history, cemented the Mormon reputation of homophobia for a new generation and excommunicated dissenters with the fervency of a Saudi prince. Yeah, he's like he's like Mormonism's Joe Pa. He's a lot like that, actually. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess uh, Warren Jeffs is their Sandusky, right? Well, I mean, there's no, a lot was, of sorry, two centuries worth of Warren Jeffs. Are their Sandusky. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And BYU's football team isn't even that good. It's a giant waste. <laughs> So Monson, who got his start as the secretary for a state organization of pigeon breeders, which is a real fact that I didn't even have to make up. Really? Yes. He really, but, but, but then he really got a taste for hating gay people when he started serving on the National Executive Board of the Boy Scouts of America in 1969. Uh, before ascending to the church's top office, he served on the Quorum of Twelve Apostles and invested his efforts teaching Mormonism to islanders in the South Pacific and Soviet Russia because other people had access to information by then. <laughs> yeah, future president of the Mormon Church is switching baby Einstein CDs with the Book of Mormon audiobook to the same effect. <laughs> yeah, right exactly. Now. <laughs> right. That's their new strategy. <laughs> of course, outside of the Mormon bubble, Monson is mostly known for doubling down on the church's antiquated fear of gayness. 
despite the church's policies of political neutrality and the tax code, one of his first <laughs> acts, I said, they, they, everybody comes in, the policy is, I'm like, yeah, that's the law too. <laughs> anyway, one of his first acts as the church's president was penning a notorious letter to Mormons in California, urging them to donate their money and their time to supporting Prop 8. That was the 2008 anti-gay marriage referendum in California. He also threatened to cut the church's funding for the Boy Scouts if they stopped hating gays enough. And in 2015, he presided over a new church policy that banned the children of gay couples from church membership until they turned 18. And then only under the condition that they like publicly disavowed their parents and their lifestyle. Okay, but to be fair, the Mormons were the only ones not in the bar mitzvah slash sweet 16 market. And they had to come up with something <laughs> just for them, right? <laughs> Hey, fun pinata party. Just <laughs> curious, though. What does strange fruit mean? Don't worry about it. Don't worry. It's your turn. Just your turn. You go. And by the way, if you think my obituary was a little harsh there, check out the one in the New York Times. Not much more complimentary. Or, or don't bother crazy. with that. Just check the online petition where 50,000 Mormons are trying to make the Times rewrite it to de-emphasize what a fucking bigot this guy was. Hilarious. <laughs> Remember when the New York Times was like, no, we don't want to be, but now they're like, so this asshole's dead. <laughs> Patooey is what we write out, but you're getting the spit sing, right? We're spitting. That's what we're saying. A new game, everybody. We're all wolves team. now. <laughs> And in spookocky news, Christian radio host and Mission America founder Linda Harvey took to the airwaves this week to bemoan the fact that not enough Christians are afraid of homosexuality, or as one might call it, homophobic. Yeah, we have a term <laughs> for that. <laughs> Although it sounds like she's looking for more uh, rational fear of gay people. Well, right. right. Like, yeah. like how they're stealing all our verbs, like <laughs> marry and buy stuff and... To be <laughs> existing. Well, but to be fair, if we could mix Linda Harvey's advice with Eleanor Roosevelt's, all the Christians would have to do a different gay person every day. Ooh. <laughs> so on her radio show, speaking with her guest, Peter La Barbera, Harvey, who is too old to be pregnant, but somehow always looks three months done, postulated that, quote, homosexual clubs in schools are just red flags for predators, end quote, which I must say, I agree with. I mean, back in my day, we called it a drama club, and it was all on the DM. You tell them, Linda. <laughs> I get it. Well, see, when I was in school, we called them churches. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, the red flags for fucking predators. I'm sorry, Linda. A lot of pedophile predators is a reason to shut something down all of a sudden. You sure about that? Want to double down on that? <laughs> she goes on to wonder how we can re-horrify people about the sin of homosexuality, saying, quote, People are becoming so comfortable with this. Even people on our side, we need to re-horrify them. End quote. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like, dear KKK, have you not been hearing my dog whistle? <laughs> Here's a regular whistle. One, two, three, go. Whatever I gotta fucking say. Love Linda, go. It actually gets better because then La Barbera responds that homosexuality is a very trendy sin right now. Oh, Trendy. And to be fair, I mean, this week's Golden Globes, everyone was wearing the latest penis or vagina. So he's got a point. <laughs> Either way, I think it's time for some gay horror stories. And that's when the police told him that the creepy grinder messages were coming from inside the bar. 
And then, when they got home, hanging on the door of the car was the severed hand of that straight girl who only pretends to be gay for attention at parties. But when he showed up at the old woman's house, she wouldn't stop dead naming her kid. Even though they hadn't been named that for 20 years. This has been Gay Horror Story. There you go, Linda. Enjoy. <laughs> well, like a truck rally. We're reaching out. <laughs> it's all Mormon peace there now. <laughs> and in Jesus Take the Roulette Wheel news tonight. Monsignor William Dombrow will go to jail for eight months after being convicted this week for being too honest about what a church does. Sorry, typo, typo, uh, for stealing $535,258 that should have gone to the needy. Yeah, sorry. Okay, okay, good precedent. I like it. So... Eighty billion in lost revenue last year from religious exemptions, <laughs> divided by five hundred thirty-five thousand. So that's about uh -huh. one hundred fifty thousand times worse than Dombrow. One hundred fifty thousand uh -huh. times eight months. That's one point two million months. Uh -huh. or about a hundred thousand years. Okay. Okay. So religion owes us about a hundred thousand years in jail, <laughs> based on just last year. Just in the United yeah, States. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have some math to like, all right. Yeah, exactly. By the way, I will steal the fuck out of half a million dollars if it's eight months in jail I'm looking at at the other end of this. I mean, it just, <laughs> but but I, I just want to point out that like when Willie goes to this, he goes to jail. But when FEMA does it, it's just federal policy and nobody right? gives a shit about <laughs> it. So Dombrow, who served as the rector for a retirement home for elderly priests, stole the money for concert tickets, fancy meals, and lavish vacations, according to the prosecution. But his defense claims he spent it on the people he was helping, so... <laughs> well, okay. he was helping pimps, coke dealers, and resort owners. <laughs> who needs Jesus more than them? Lawyers. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, look, by definition, the people you spent the money on were the people you were helping. I mean, those people might be you, but that's one of them always true type statements. I like it. I like it. I'm keeping that in mind. However, <laughs> what seemed to surprise the judge most in this case was the fact that Dombro's church and the head of his archdiocese don't fucking care at all. The, the, the judge actually said, quote, what happened here is that someone with a weakness took great advantage of the generosity of countless people and saw an opportunity to fund a lifestyle and to a certain extent an addiction with other people's money, end quote. Not adding, I mean, I know we're all thinking at least it wasn't kid fucking, but he wouldn't be in jail at all then. So <laughs> we'll decorum, people. Come on. Right. Yeah. So to paraphrase the actual quote, um, so all he did was priest. He just <laughs> priested. He priested all over the fucking place. Either way, Dambro will spend almost an entire school year in prison for stealing half a million dollars and has been ordered to repay the money. But one can't help but think of the old expression. If you rob a thief, is it really stealing? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Agree to disagree. Nope. <laughs> okay, moving on. In anal P-Robes news. Host of the 700 Club and Confederate statue of Elmer Fudd that got melty from all the tiki torches, <laughs> Pat Robertson is still alive. That's the headline. Yeah, right. He's still alive. 
His face looks like it's going to trap the mosquito that leads to Jurassic Park, but he's still alive. And that means we got to hear his advice about how to avoid nuclear war last week. The answer, we just need to keep God busy. What? Keep God busy with like paperwork, I guess. (laughs) Gay marriage licenses and stuff. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, I get it. We got a bonus episode this weekend again. I have a blog due. I find my world ending plans have hit the back burner. Yeah. They're just. (laughs) That's right, world. You have our patrons to thank for your continued existence. So if you're a fan of the world, keep Eli busy by going to patreon.com slash scathing. (laughs) Also, by the way, if you type in, we need to keep God busy, spell check is going to be like, Hey, man, you sure you don't mean dog instead of God? Because that's crazy. Spellcheck saw me write that down. Saw me write that idea from Pat Robertson and was like, wow, that's fucking stupid. Please tell me that's dyslexia. Right. (laughs) Just the paperclip slowly moving towards you out of the screen. Shush, shush. Looks like you need a rest. Shush. It looks like you're writing a screen. Would you like to smear this in your own feces? I'll help you with that. Okay, so here's the exact words from the P-Robes. Quote, I don't think we're going to have a nuclear war. I don't think that God Almighty is going to allow that to happen to this world. I think there are too many other important things to be done spiritually, and I just don't think it's in the Lord's plan for this world. But if he has to take out Kim Jong-un in order to accomplish that, that's what'll happen. But I just don't think we're going to have a nuclear war. End quote. <laughs> I don't know. God strikes me as more of like a George R. R. Martin type. Uh, you know, spoiler alert for the Bible. Like, he set it up. He already killed a bunch of people. Already jumped the shark by bringing someone back from the dead. I think God's just out of ideas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, another similarity. Neither of them will exist when the end of their story is written. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson just has to finish the universe. Fucking every time. No one buys my books, but I just gotta fucking finish everybody's shit. You know what time was so boring. Yeah, so point being, uh, don't worry. God's all about nuclear non-proliferation, apparently. Well, actually, he's all about the opposite, but he's way too busy right now to have an actual yeah. nuclear war happen. God is too busy. The omnitemporal guy. He's too bu- yeah, he really needs to focus on work right now. <laughs> Gotta got power through a few more conventional holocaust before we do any nuclear yeah, holocaust. It's not us, it's him. He's busy. Yeah, right. He's and, just in a single place right now. And while we consider the very real possibility that this is just P-Robes recounting his end of a messy breakup with God, we're going to take a quick break and hand things over to my lovely wife, Lucinda. A man wrote the Bible. A whore is what she was. If it's a legitimate rape. It makes you a slut, right? It, cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in Massachusetts. You know, it's a damn shame that all the talk after the Golden Globes was speculation about Oprah running for president. And not just because that was a horrible fucking idea. Oh my God, people, the problem with having an inexperienced, incompetent, conspiracy theorist, billionaire TV personality running your country is not that we pick the wrong one. But the less existential bummer about it was that it detracted from what should have been the takeaway. The message was clear, concise, and poignant. Time is up. It's time for the patriarchy to die and the world to move on. Of course, there was backlash from the religious universe that was every bit as clear and concise, and that was that they do not move on. 
Because while actors and activists at the ceremony were talking about gender equality and recognizing women for their contributions rather than their boobs, the religious folks were sitting home fretting over the devil's cleft they could see above their necklines. For example, astute listener Haley sent me a story from Religion News about the Mormons just proudly not getting it. See, women attending the awards were wearing black to protest a culture of silence that allows harassment and sexual abuse to go unchallenged. But the official magazine of the Mormon church was more concerned about whether they were wearing enough black. In a profoundly tone-deaf article from the LDS Living magazine, Danielle Wagner praises this year's ceremony for its unusually high number of modest dresses. Adding, quote, while we understand modesty encompasses so much more than merely what you wear, we wanted to compile a list of some of the stunning modest dresses to demonstrate that style does not have to jeopardize modesty to be fashionable, end quote. Now, eventually they updated the article to at least mention that the reason for the somber dresses was a protest against sexism, but they didn't delete any of the sexism, so it wasn't exactly a correction. But of course, not everybody is as polite in their misogyny as the Mormons. Take, for example, fat guy in a red hat who took to YouTube to point out that if those actresses didn't want to be sexually harassed, they shouldn't dress so slutty. Or in his words, quote, 70, 80 percent of them dress like hookers, adding, quote, their chest or cleavage was all over the place, end quote. No, Josh. That was your cleavage. You were seeing your own cleavage because it's always in the lower periphery of your vision. It's that thing your lower chin rests on because you look like you think your cellulite is a turtle shell and you're in danger. So yeah, time's up and that's a good thing. But unfortunately, religion has a tendency of lingering on way after its time is up. And on that depressing note, I'll hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli. Thank you, Lucinda. And in hypocritic oath news tonight, question, what's the first word that comes to mind when I say Christian? Bail. Uh, sandwiches. <laughs> okay. Uh, good answers. Uh, well, okay, well, answer. one good answer and one universal constant. But <laughs> Fair. The Fair. one that Congressman Scott Desjardins <laughs> is looking for this week is forgiveness. Specifically, for being a giant steaming pile of hypocrisy who was elected to a second term in spite of the fact that he appears to have heard it was opposite day in 2005 and never stopped playing. Okay, hold hold on a second. He's a Christian congressman and he's a hypocrite. I can see why this made the headlines. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, you're probably saying to yourself, Eli, everyone makes mistakes. Surely a little forgiveness is a good thing. And to you, I say, an apology only means something if you stop stabbing people. Um, Debatable. It depends on what you're apologizing for. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Or in the case of the congressman, you probably don't get to be, quote, pro-life and proud, end quote, after you are caught and admit to having sex with your patients and then pressuring them into getting abortions that you pay for. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least he's being eugenically responsible. That's (laughs) something. Yeah, eugenics is the positive spin you can put on this <laughs> one. Now, again, by the congressman's <laughs> own admission, while practicing as a doctor, he had sex with multiple patients while he was married, who he then pressured into having abortions, which he paid for. <laughs> like a gentleman. <laughs> I got this, Beb. I got this. You just need the tip and we're good. <laughs> <laughs> and while you'd think that would be enough to put him out of office, He's from Tennessee, and of course, 
Jesus forgives him. Wow. So the double. Yeah. No, I get yeah. it, though. I used to live in Tennessee. Most of the voters there are going to the ballot thinking, man, I wish somebody had aborted me. But he's like the father that they wanted. You know? I, get I get it. I get it. So, you know, roll tide of fetuses. Do you think that's Tennessee? <laughs> I am. Yes. He was yes, making a reference to the national champions. Yes. <laughs> of baseball. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, the point is, when everyone finds out my secret files, I'm running for Congress. Below the Bible bet. I yeah, mean, I'm below <laughs> right, the Bible. right. Getting some of that Jesus forgiveness. <laughs> and you could work for Roy Moore. And in white privilege news tonight, televangelist and Urukai homecoming queen Paula White is urging her followers to... <laughs> yeah, right, right. Think about it for a second. It's just fairly natural. Uh, anyway, oh. she's urging her followers to give all their money to her or else. In a cash grab brazen enough to make Patreon blush, Trump's spiritual advisor called for a first fruits offering from her followers, which is like a tithe with an extra zero. Okay, just once I want one of these people to wear a bandana. Is that too what? much to ask? A bandana over the face? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Fun little. I thought you were wishing she'd get cancer. <laughs> like to have the That too? Okay, okay oh. question. Is it legal? To send Paula White a bag of cash that explodes paint in her face and ruins the bills. <laughs> Can you do that? Uh, I'll, tell, I'll, ch I'll check with Andrew about the sending explosives in the mail protocol. Legally <laughs> yeah, okay, speaking, good, good. way ahead of you guys. Way ahead. <laughs> of you guys. Everybody should do that for he all thought... prosperity. If we find out it's legal, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Get on that shit, Andrew. All right. So during a televised sermon on Sunday, she called for the first fruit donation, explaining, "quote." The difference between tithe and first fruit, first fruit is all of it, end quote. All of what? Well, Paula's glad you asked. Quote, if you want to bring God all one day's salary, one week's salary, or one month's salary, well, that's between you and God. I try to bring a month's salary, end quote. Oh, so it's like those depressing, this is the age you need to start saving by articles, except... You're throwing it into the garbage instead. It's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just like one of those. So on our website, uh, White really digs in with an explanation of all the groovy miracles God has in store for you if you give her one twelfth of your annual income in addition to the 10% you're already supposed to give her. 35 cents per post. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first fruits, she explains, quote, supernaturally unlocks amazing opportunities, blessings, favor, and divine order, end quote. Also, upgrades your weapon damage. Surprised she didn't mention that. Uh, but she's not all carrot here. She also ominously adds, quote, when you don't honor it, through ignorance or direct disobedience, there are consequences, end quote. Adding, <laughs> consequences. And finally tonight, in Jew Eris Demonstratum news, we have a follow-up on a recent story about Unemployed Alabama politician Roy Moore Ooh, yeah. and his wife Kayla holding a press conference to prove they don't hate Jewish people, which is a lot like taking the stand in your own murder trial that's happening because you're a Nazi and murdered a Jewish person. <laughs> anyway, in case you missed it, Kayla Moore thought it would help if she announced, we have an attorney who's a Jew. She was incorrect. It did not help. And no, they don't. Oh, yeah, we're all friends. <laughs> yeah, this story is the political version of eating your dog's shit so that guests don't know it's pee pad train. <laughs> <laughs> or, or trying for that and accidentally eating the cat's shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Okay, so yeah, there were several fantastic results of this whole thing. Most importantly, it might have helped contribute to Roy Moore's narrow loss to Democrat Doug Jones in the Alabama special election for a U.S. Senate seat. Although, knowing Alabama, it actually might have gained votes for Roy Moore. I, I, don't, I don't feel like claiming to have touched a Jew helped him at all. <laughs> but, uh, either way, a fundamentalist Christian Republican lost an election in Alabama to a Democrat, which that's like losing a pull-up contest against me, whoever you are, anytime, anywhere, because you did negative one pull-ups. You just, you just immediately fell down and shat yourself and vomited more than me. More than you did. And that's yeah. how okay. you lost. I thought we said we weren't announcing the results of our two-man Olympics on air, Heath. We said that those results... Okay, well, you shouldn't have insisted that half and half counts as an energy drink. I feel like that's okay. Calories are energy. <laughs> By the way, Eli and Heath pull-up contest slash scat porn is our newest Patreon goal. Uh, you, can, you, can, you can help make that happen. Mm. Sorry, we really got fucked by that money grab that they did. We lost sure a, did, lost a pretty big chunk of money there. I got to throw them in where I can now. <laughs> Just really, it's not, I mean, it's fun, but it's not, it's not fun. I'll drive for Uber. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't have a, doesn't have a car. It's okay. I'll talk to my friends over at the dollop. <laughs> yes. So. Another amazing result after Caleb Moore's big announcement was the investigation that followed. After hearing the claim, a journalist named Liz Brody was like, okay, well, I'm going to go find their Jew yeah. because there's <laughs> no way we're getting the whole story on this. I love and, her so and, much. And the only Jewish lawyer she found that they could have been talking about that made any sense was a guy named Richard Jaffe. And it turns out that Jaffe actually campaigned and voted for Doug Jones. Right, right. And by the way, he's a criminal attorney they hired when their son got in trouble once. I mean, he's <laughs> not a guy who worked on the campaign. In other words, they only hired a Jew when they needed somebody who knew Shady. <laughs> right, but uh, it actually gets even better. Here's the latest development. When the news about Jaffe came out and further embarrassed the Moore family, they responded by claiming that they were actually talking about a different lawyer. His name, allegedly, is Martin Wisnotsky. And according to Kayla Moore, he's a genuine Jew, I guess. But <laughs> it turns out people can check on the stuff you say, which she should have already known from the first thing. And Mr. Wisnotsky is actually a messianic Jew, <laughs> which means a Jewish person who found Jesus and stopped being Jewish, also known as a Christian. Yeah, that He's would be Christian. the other term that we use for them. Tons of Jews made it out of the Spanish Inquisition just fine. We even gave some of them T-shaped jewelry, y'all. <laughs> T-shaped jewelry. Well, and of course, when this came to light, Kayla Moore added, okay, okay, well, he's not all the way Jew, but close enough that we make him wait in the foyer. <laughs> yeah, so this whole story makes me so happy. Let's just bask in the schadenfreude for a second. Mm. <sighs> schadenfreude. Oh. So good on my skin. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, Kayla Moore might as well have said... Our best friend is a black guy who's not a pedophile. <laughs> and it turned out she's talking about Michael Jackson in 1975. It's like the worst <laughs> excuse ever. Uh, speaking of which, let's put 10 seconds on the clock just for fun. Worst phrasing by a bigot for an excuse about not being a bigot. Go. Okay. 
Um, I can't hate gay people. I'm secretly gay. That's uh, every Republican ever. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> heard that one. Um, it said coolest monkey in the jungle. That's a compliment. <laughs> I'll be that barista that used to work for H and M. What about uh, my uncle Tom is black. <laughs> is All right. Well, with the riddle of Roy Moore's Jew finally put to rest, I guess we can hop back in the mystery machine and find ourselves another caper. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Going on vacation. Yes, you are. And when we come back, there will be sound effects. When, in fact, you were the one in the wrong line after all. Hey, Noah, what you what you doing? Oh, hey, Eli. You know, all that talk about New Year's resolutions early in the episode got me thinking. So I'm writing hate mail to all the people that wronged me. This one is for a lady who cut in front of me at a line at Potbellies in 1993. Cool, cool. Uh, if you don't mind me saying, that sounds a little expensive and time-consuming, you know? Oh, no, not at all. I've got Stamps.com. Stamps.com? Isn't that just for, like, giant companies that shift stuff all the time, though? Not at all, man. Stamps.com brings us all the amazing services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer. Stamps.com is the better way to get postage. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage for any letter or package, any class of mail. And then you let the mailman pick it up. No leaving the office, no more lugging mail to the post office, no more hassle. Okay, but still, mailing all those letters, and is that a, is that a package that looks like a box? Yeah, there's, there's several. Some people are getting old pieces of wood and animal droppings along with the letter. Oh, okay. Well, that has to be pricey, right? All no, that stuff? not with Stamps.com. Stamps.com has postage discounts you can't get at the post office, not to mention it's a fraction of the cost of those super expensive postage meters. But all the time and the effort just to get I'm back at people. I'm telling you, Eli, Stamps.com makes it easy. Stamps.com sends you a digital scale that automatically calculates exact postage so you'll never overpay or underpay for postage again. Plus, you can create your Stamps.com account in minutes online with no equipment to lease and no long-term commitments. No, Noah, I know Stamps.com is amazing. We use Stamps.com because it's the best way to send out our Patreon rewards right from my desk. And right now, our listeners can enjoy the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale. I mean, if they're ready for a happier new year, they can go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in scathing. That's Stamps.com, and then enter scathing. Okay, well then, I mean, then what's the problem with my... Project. It just just seems a little mean and crazy. You know what? Now you're getting a note, too. I'm putting you on the bottom of the list. My whole life is a note. What? Nothing. Dear Eli, it's pronounced Chimera. Stamps.com. Chim Postage on demand. Ah. <laughs> As we get so close to the end of the Book of Mormon that we don't want to stop to eat because we can eat when we're done with this shit and then never have to read it again, one starts to wonder, what has it all been for? The laughter? The tears? The downright Herculean effort to be more anachronistic than a flat earther? Whatever the case, we're here to guide you through it all with Mormon Peace Theater. Last time on Mormon Peace Theater. Literally everyone died, remember? What the fuck else could one possibly write about in a book where all the characters are dead? 
He's got a point, Joe. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, wait, can we hear him? No, but we've only got a couple more of these, and Eli's getting, like, super meta. Oh, so. good, good. Anyway, he's right. Um, Everyone's dead, remember? Well, what about those other plates? Other other plates? Yeah, the, the ones that were found by the people of Limhi during the days of King Mosiah. The pizza bagel guy? God, I see what you mean by super meta. I am Ether, descendant of Coriander, son of Moron, son of Ether, um. <laughs> son of Aha, son of wait, Seth. Wait, sorry. Moron is the name? Okay, so I was thinking we do like a, a little bit where Moron has like the big southern accent and he like voted for Trump, y'all. Ah, that's so done. Yeah, but it's what people think of when they think Moron, right? So when people think Moron, they think of my wife's accent? Retracted. You're damn right retracted. <laughs> okay, like what about just a broad, you know, like duh, duh, duh kind of voice? Uh, that feels ableist. Really? Cool, yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. Kid fucking is worried about ableism, so we need to be okay. more sensitive about <laughs> what right. we say from now on. Oh, I'm sorry. How about we just call him Retardy the Retard then? A little yeah, theme song there. Guys, 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 no, no. I think there's a moron we can all get behind here. I am Coriantumer. And I am his father, moron. I deem the Oxford comma unnecessary. The worst. You're the worst. Son of Kib, son of Oriha, son of Jared, who is the guy this story is actually about. Jared, you alone have pleased me here at the Tower of Babel, and thus I will not change your language. Wait, but you're still going to change everyone else's language? Yeah, uh, oh, fuck. Yeah, no, I guess that's not, uh, not super useful... For you. No, not not really. Yeah, no, okay, all right. So what I'm going to do is you and your family will keep their language. Wait, but like everyone didn't get their own private language at the Tower of Babel, right? Like they all speak the same language as some people. Isn't that how the story goes? I'm pretty sure that's yeah, you how know, the... Yeah, you know what, never mind. Just, just get your family and leave. You mean like everyone else did at the end of the story of the Tower of Babel? Yes. Okay, got my family together. Uh, anything else I need to grab before we head yes. out on the big... Yes, as a matter of fact, you need to get a male and a female from each of your flock. Okay, uh, good thinking, actually. Probably need one Ooh. or two sheep. As also, uh, one of each kind of seed on Earth. Sorry, one of each kind of seed on Earth. Yep. Cool. Okay, great. Yeah, let's just set that right over there. And, um, hey, Alan? Uh, yeah, Jared. What's up? Are these, uh, the Kentucky bluegrass seeds or the lawngrass seeds? Uh, those are actually the perennial ryegrass seeds. Okay, so then they should be under L, right? Uh, well, no, I thought because, you know, perennial... No, no, we're going by genus, and the genus is lolium. Get your head in the game, man. Head in the game. Stupid. Million different types of seeds. I'm sorry, what? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. That's what I thought. And stop eating the sunflower seeds. Which one? All of them. All several thousand of them. Okay. 
God, I got, I got all the seeds. Great. And now you should grab some fish, too. Some fish for my walk through the desert. Yep. And one of each kind of bird on earth. A male and a, a female, of course. Got it. Fish and birds. Dicks, dicks and pussy birds. Got it. No problem. And bees. Don't forget, don't forget all the bees. Don't forget the bees. And so it came to pass that Jared and his family did load all the fish, seeds of earth, and male and female birds onto barges, which they rowed down rivers to the ocean? Seriously? That cannot be what it's... Yeah, nope, that's what it fucking says. Hey, God, I hear you're mad at my brother, who we never name. Hmm. God, are you mad at my brother? I just, I just don't know why he never asks about me. I don't like the phone. Too soon. Okay, you're going to sail to the new world, but you'll need magic boats. Hey, uh, Joe? What? So, yeah, about the descriptions of the boats. Yeah, what about them? So, um, okay, light as a duck. Obviously, right. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, long as a tree. Clearly. Right. And then, then you got a bunch of descriptions of it being as tight as... Mary Henderson's ass and like mm-hmm. a bunch. Oh, like a bunch yes, of I do. Okay. Woo. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking maybe we could use um, any other description of tightness instead. Really? Because that's tight. Um, fine. How about tight as a dish? Dish? Tight, tight as a dish? Yeah, it's, it's that or it's Mary Henderson's ass. Take your pick. Okay. Tight as a dish it is. Tight. As a dish. They'll get it. Hey, uh, God? Oh my God, what now? Okay, well, we loaded up the boats with all the stuff. All right, are they are they tight as a dish? Sure, but there's no air or light in there. And I was just wondering... Oh, yes, right. Do, do humans still need air? Yeah. Yeah, despite what Republicans will tell you, humans still need air. Okay, all right. Well, then, um, I, uh, poke a hole in it. In the, in the boat? Yeah, I mean, what do you want, windows? Yeah, that would be stupid. This, this conversation actually happens in the book. It really does. Just like this. This is not going to work. Listen, dude, just follow my lead. All right, fine. Oh, man, these rocks sure are cool, Jared's brother. I bet God could never make these glow-in-the-dark, Jared's brother. Yeah, never, never be able to do that. I'll show you. See? Glow-in-the-dark rocks. Boom. Okay. I still think we should have gone with blowjob rocks. Lou, 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 just looking for some mouth-shaped rocks. Hey, Jared's brother. Oh, hey, Jesus. What's up? Hey, just you and me, all alone, huh? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I was just, uh... So tell me, you want to see my finger? Um, I... I don't, I don't really, no. Come on, it's just my finger, and I'm like, God, nobody's gonna know, and you'll be like, oh my gosh, I saw God's finger, it'll be cool. Okay, okay, sure. Ooh, there's my finger. You want to... See some other parts of me?
Hi there, Moroni here. Um, you'd think this book would have a lot more about Jesus revealing his true form, but it doesn't. Uh, and it has nothing to do with the fact that we don't want Jesus to get kicked out of Hollywood. It's just not in the book. Okay, well, don't tell anyone about any of that or I'll send you to hell. Okay, how am I going to write the book then? Oh, right. There's the book, the plates. Uh, you can tell them in code. You want to see my finger again? No. No. Boo. You're no fun. Also, Joe, it's Moroni again. Hi, uh, I'm Moroni, not you. Want to remember, uh, pick up eggs from the store. Mary Henderson's working today, and she is just... (coughs) Sorry, right. And so it was that Jared and his family did load all that shit from before into their wooden submarines and sail the submarines for 344 days in the near-complete darkness. Okay, my turn. Uh, I spy with my little eye something green. Is it the rock again? The rock again? Yes. Until they arrived in the new world and did propagate the land with their people. Oh boy, all that being cooped up in a boat for almost a year with my own shit sure did make me horny. I'm ready to have some babies. Plus with that rock just staring at you the whole time, right? Dude, you got, a, you got a rock thing. You've got a rock thing. My children, gather around, for I am old and... We must count our people. Boring. No. Oh, okay. Um, then we must choose who will be king when I am gone. Not it. Call oh, it. Oh, fuck. There you go. Orihor's king. Sucks to suck. Damn it. And then there's just like 20 pages of king kidnapping. <sighs> right? Yeah, I have no idea how we're going to make that entertaining. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of drama filled. Maybe we could do it like, you know, like as a fake soap opera. Ooh, or as like an action movie or romantic comedy or. This week on The Mormon and the Restless. So, Corihor, it turns out that you're evil and you've kidnapped the king, my son. Yes, I have. But you should know that while he was in prison, he had a son. It's true. I'm Kib Sung Shul, and I'm here to free my father. But I've been hiding a secret. Your son is about to kidnap my son. Okay, okay, my turn. You answer him? Who's asking? I hear you were the crackest shot with an anachronistic steel sword this side of the Mississippi or whatever river we're supposed to be near. Okay, well, I don't, uh, I don't do that anymore. Part of that life anymore. It's Jared, Esram. He's kidnapped your father and taken his kingdom. That son of a bitch. Looks like I'm about to kick some ass. Ooh, ooh, me, me. He was a usurper who had lost it all. I'm a usurper who lost it all. And she was a daughter who just wanted to get ahead. I'll marry.
marry a kish if he brings me the head of the king. The only thing they didn't count on was love. <laughs> We're both eating ice cream. You met my character actor grandmother. This summer, Ether or. Hi, Morona again. Uh, just wanted to take a second to say anyone who makes a secret alliance is a big old piece of shit. Fucking dick ballers, all of them with their secret handshakes and their, their dick noses and their fucking... Hey, uh, Joe, if you want to come to poker night... Hey, can, hey, um... Excuse me, I'm busy dictating the word of God here. Thank you. I'm just saying, Jared, we can, like, stab him in the neck. I know, daughter of Jared, but I don't want to get my clothes all dirty when we Guys, murder Guys, I Ori am Hart. right here. Quiet, I'm... we're talking. Rude. Okay, I'm, I'm going to leave. And leave he did, but then he got killed by a kish who became king until someone killed him, who then became king until somebody killed him. And that happened a couple more times until God liked the king. Okay, I like you, and I will uncurse the land. Wait, was the land cursed? I don't remember you cursing the land. Oh, who the hell can even keep track? Either way, you're good now. Cool. Glad we're good. And there was much flourishing in the land. The people had elephants and heffalumps and woozles and all those bears from the Golden Compass. Oh, really? Yeah, why the fuck not? But then, along came evil King Heth. Hi, uh, it's, it's Heath, actually. And he did spite the prophets. Oh, okay, well, spite seems strong. I mean, I made a podcast about him. And he did spite the prophets so much that God cursed the land and sent poisonous serpents among the people. Uh, it's venomous. Okay, you know, I'm trying to do a thing. You can go fuck yourself. Yeah, I will. Uh, Miss Sanders, Miss Sanders, what do you say about King Heth's recent tweet that, quote, there are no snakes here, even though I'd like one, so snakes aren't real, end quote. I think it's important that we take these words in context. And uh, I'm sorry, is, uh, do you have any comments on Michael Wolf's new book, uh, Heth Caused All the Snakes? Uh, yeah, it was very mean to, to write down the things we said. You look young now. Jesus, and then there are two more kidnappings. Anime. Porn. Fine. Aha! I am your villainous rival. I've kidnapped the king and put him in prison. Aha! I am the king's son, and I have unleashed my ultimate form to defeat you. Well, then I will unleash my ultimate form. Ah! Oh, King Heathum. You've been cooped up in this prison cell for four generations. I sure have, combed my son. And after watching you give that beating to King Amnigad, there's only one thing on my mind. Mine too. Wait, is this a father-son gay porn? Not everyone watches your boring-ass straight people porn, Heath. I am Ether, the guy this book is named after, and I'm here to tell you you all suck. Seriously? Boo! Okay, well, you know what? God's going to stick snakes on you guys, and I'm going to hide. Man, sure is bad nowadays. Tell me about it. The thing with the hammer? That's the yeah. worst. Yeah, you want to have a giant war between everyone? Like, literally everyone? Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, 
Yeah, that sounds good. Let's, let's do it. Wow, what a battle. Woo, I know, right? Like, like literally everyone on the continent is dead except for 188, 189, 190 people. That's it. Wow, that's, that's amazing right? how many people. Right? Yeah, okay, uh, same time tomorrow? Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah, let's, yeah. Great, great. Okay, so literally uh, just just you and me left. Yep, just you and me, the last two people on yeah. the continent. Yeah, uh, okay. You want to, uh, you want to fuck? Murder each other? Mur- uh, murder, murder each other? Exactly, what? What did you say? Murder each other. Uh-huh, me too. You want to do that? Sure. Okay, guys, it's me, Ether. I'm back. I forgive you all for not believing me. And they're all dead. Well, I guess I'm going to eat everyone's food. Anybody mind? Any of you mind? No? Cool. Ether's food. Yum. And with literally everyone on the continent dead, this part of the story comes to a close, but we'll pick up the pieces of this brittle storyline one more time next month for the final installment of Mormon Peace Theater. Before we give way to the next thing on your playlist, I want to thank Seth Andrews from the Thinking Atheist podcast for inviting me on his show last week to talk about the new Star Wars movie. After a half decade of podcasting about religion and politics, it was nice to finally tackle something controversial for a change. If you want to give that episode a listen and then email me to tell me about how wrong I am, you can find a link on the show notes for this episode. Anyway, that's all the blast we've got for you tonight, but we're back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show's hot friend God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. And if even that's too long to wait, be sure to like our Facebook page for bonus nuggets of scathiasm throughout the week. Obviously, this would quite reach show level if I neglected to thank Heath Enright for talking to me and Eli on Skype every week even though he doesn't like phone calls I need to thank the lovely and talented Lucinda Lusions for 21 consecutive years of not giving up on me yet I need to thank the lovely in his own way Eli Bosnick for making the stuff I say seem so much less controversial in comparison also want to thank John for providing this week's Farnsworth quote and for five years of sending us headlines and encouragement and just generally being a great friend of the show but most of all of course I need to thank this week's most marvelous mammals Tim, Gene, and Nephthys, Christopher, the Paper Librarian, Harrison, Palaus, Norman, Brandon, Justin, Thomas, Patrick, R3T7, Yodel Mountain Conspiracy Cover Band, Lizzie in the Lab, Sky, Marcella, Don, Michael, Charlie, Tango, Megan, Crumfout Chicken, Tasha, Laura, Lee, and Pesky, whose IQs give Pavarotti digit envy. Together, these 26 savvy skeptics synchronously serve to subsidize our sustained struggle to slack in the strangling strands of superannuated supernatural superstition this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the imperturbable impetuosity it takes to give us money, but if you think you're up to the challenge, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free edition of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but you're saving all your money to buy back the family farm, you can also help us ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling a friend about the show but make us sound sexier than we really are or they probably won't listen. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at skinningads.com. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Blue Apron. I'm sorry, he thought heat is on. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
I thought he was just gonna like stone cold <laughs> interrupt you and be like, "I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, Heath. Heath. Ha ha. This no. is very funny. <laughs> I just want you to know this is a great bit. <laughs> we love and appreciate sorry. you. No, keep Go going, ahead. keep going, keep going. You're crushing it. Okay. <laughs> It's a good intro. It's a good sponsor. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.